Hello and welcome to another fresh episode of Own Your Intuition. I'm your host, Kelly Rich, an intuitive psychic medium based out of Portland, Maine. And this week I've got one of my friends, Elizabeth McInnes, back for the second conversation on here, only this time we are talking about the potency of self-care, the power of love, what it really means to trust ourselves, and how that ties into intuition, especially during COVID times, worthiness, inner child work, and so much more. If this is your first time listening to an episode of Own Your Intuition, or if you've listened to every episode multiple times, I sweetly ask that you remember to listen to your own inner voice while consuming this conversation. Your inner wisdom always comes first. That being said, if you are wanting to work together, I would be so honored to have you in an upcoming online new moon ceremony where you can receive a taste of how I operate as an intuitive. We start the ceremony by grounding in together. I share a collective reading to the group, distance healing and meditation, and end the time together with a live Q&A where you can write in any questions that you have for me in the chat box, and I will address them to the group. New moon ceremonies happen monthly, and the next one is quickly approaching. If you're looking for a more one-on-one experience with me, that would be in my private intuitive reading or mentorship, and you can find out more information about all of the upcoming ceremonies, the new online retreat happening in October 2020, and to book your session at kellyrichintuitive.com. Thank you so much for being here. I would love to hear how the podcast has been landing with you. You can DM me or tag me on Instagram at kellyrichintuitive. Take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. Again, deep breath in, deep breath out. Enjoy. Emotion-wise, I've noticed increased anxiety, grief, confusion, fear. And due to the pandemic guidelines and the social justice revolution, clients are having to set boundaries that they haven't had to set before, both for themselves and the people around them. I've heard a lot about different family members and friends that they're needing to have limits around where they never have previously. So people are having to really decide whether they stand firm in their beliefs and what feels safe for them or subject themselves to behaviors and beliefs that violate who they are and what they stand for. So there are these two huge things that we're dealing with in our nation that are either history repeating itself or a pandemic that none of us have any idea how to move through. So When we look at the feelings and the fears and the stories that come up with this, it can feel so out of control and scary. We have no idea who to trust. And there is such a lack of choice and control. We have to trust ourselves. And that is a very scary responsibility to hold. Trusting ourselves above all else, if we look at it as a muscle, we don't exercise that muscle as much as we could. We tend to look outside of ourselves for answers. And by doing that, we have someone or something to blame that isn't ourselves. And (laughs) (laughs) we make these choices based on our intuition, our gut. 
And even when we know it to be true for ourselves, we waffle back and forth and wonder, is there something else I'm missing? What does mom think? What does my best friend think, right? Like all of these other voices and stories and narratives come into the picture. And right now, more than ever, we must trust ourselves and have full belief in ourselves and our choices, even though it is terrifying. Intuition and trusting ourselves are inextricably linked. There is no one or the other. To honor our intuition is to honor ourselves, which means we trust ourselves. And I was just in this experience last week with one of my teachers, Deborah, and she said something that has really stuck with me and I wasn't sure I was going to share it for a while, but I'm feeling called to share it now. And it was that self-care is the practice of trusting ourselves because when we build a self-care practice, we start to trust ourselves because we don't abandon ourselves. We show up for the self-care and then that that trust can lead to self-esteem. It can allow insecurity to drop. It's not about getting rid of pimples, you know, like wanting to look better. (laughs) I mean, it can be, but if we're doing self-care just so we look better, that will lead to more insecurity. If we're practicing self-care from a place of, I want to transform how I feel and my relationship with myself, that builds confidence. Self-compassion, being gentle, these qualities and characteristics that we so freely give the people in our lives. Or if we think about meeting a new friend and we want to build that relationship, we do things with our hearts. And yet we forget that we have to do that for ourselves because the only way that our system is going to function and regulate is if it trusts itself. And that means we have to trust ourselves. And it is so scary to even put ourselves first because women, especially and Glennon Doyle talks about this, that we get our worth and we get our value and we get our praise, especially looking through history and being selfless. And again, right. That means that we're without self. We have to unlearn that and really be able to stand in our power, knowing if I want to show up for the people I love, if I want to show up for myself, I better fill my cup there are limitations when it comes to our ideal form of self-care and making excuses to not love yourself. Yeah, that's a that's a fine line for sure and I feel like it's the intention behind it, you know? Totally. And when we're looking at what we are willing to invest in ourselves, it also brings up our worthiness. So, I feel in my body if there's judgment, if there's shame, if there's this need to distance from that, it's because it makes you uncomfortable. And when we're uncomfortable, we have one of two choices. We can either grow and expand our mind or we can heal. Mm. And when looking at self-care, when looking at self-love, self-compassion, it can make you so incredibly uncomfortable. And at the same time, that's our way through. We can't hide from it. That keeps us stuck. That keeps us trapped. That keeps us small. And we are not meant to be small. Not at all. And I feel like that's another topic of like the shadow work 
and the shadow side, you know, like our worth is usually wrapped like a snake in coil form around worthiness. That just, the shadow work made me think about another theme that keeps coming up, which is a lot of inner child work. And as a young child, our worthiness comes from our family, our parents. Am I good? And that narrative stays with you as you grow up. And one thing that I'm really noticing is that so many of my clients are growing at a separate rate than their parents. So in these moments, the people in our life that are unavailable to see the past and the current threats to our humanity, they can either choose to grow or they can stay silent and perpetuate the abuse cycle. And so what's happening is we are seeing the abuse. We are seeing it so clearly. We are seeing these brave people out there fighting and the judgment that's coming with that can, it's a visceral effect in your body. And so I'm having so many clients come to me and, and say, I am feeling so much grief because I am having to do something that is so scary. I am disappointing my parents. I am no longer who they think I am or family and friends. There'll be a wedding and people aren't wearing masks or don't believe that COVID is real and needing to make these choices to keep your family safe, even though other people around you, other family members are angry about that. And so it's looking at how can I not take on their anger? How can I stand in my power? How can I protect myself and honor me without abandoning myself, even though it feels like I'm abandoning the people whose love I want most? Whoa. Yeah. A few things just came up for me as you were saying that. One is something that I wrote and that I shared on a previous episode. It's the, this idea that not everyone is going to understand us and our choices and that our work, especially if we want to be who we say we are and we want to be people or a person that is grounded and intuitive and that trusts ourselves and that really walks our talk is we have to be okay when other people are confused by us. And it is that small child inside that usually comes forth with boxing gloves on when people or someone is confused by us, especially when that someone is a parent or a guardian or a close friend, someone we just have, you know, really tight ties with. And then I see the root chakra and all the ties down there, like that's being in a community, those tribal ties. So deep within us, we have this primal instinct to want to be accepted by the closest people around us. And it's usually the child that wants to have those gloves on of like kicking and screaming and like, why don't you see me? Why don't you hear me? Why are not understood? And it's much easier in this day and age to be like, oh, I'll just conform to how they are so that I don't create any disconnect or confrontation. And that can be the easier way to live for a certain amount of time. And in my opinion, what I see in my office is that what happens is a lot of the people that tend to do that, to, to live their lives, to make other people comfortable, they end up in my office trying to figure out why they feel lost or stuck or confused or the list goes on and on. And it's like, well, that thing, and sometimes I'll see a vision. It's like, well, when you were 12, 
that thing that happened to you or that thing you said, that's like one of the gifts where I see this work come into play where it's like, well, let's look at all these pieces where that child was really scared or even the teenager or the adult was really scared, but it may root back to when you're a child of wanting those same feelings. And I feel like COVID is really bringing that out in a lot of people that it's not just about the masks. It's about something that may have happened or didn't happen a long time ago that is now being pulled out from that seed within deep inside of us. And the trigger is COVID or the trigger is a mask. I'm seeing that too. And I'm reminded of something that you said to me a few years ago. And you said, Elizabeth, you need to be able to say your truth without worrying about how the person attaches to it or reacts. Mm -hmm. And that has stood with me. And I have passed that message on every chance that I can get, because again, it's that inner child that wants to please, right? And we know that people pleasing is in response to shame. And when shame is triggered in a way that we can play it back to, am I enough? We stand in our power when we're able to say, now I can heal. Here's information of where I can heal so that I don't need the external forces to tell me that I'm enough. I'm so humbled to hear that that (laughs) stuck with you. And it's true. And I feel like Sometimes it's that particular message is easier to say than to practice because sometimes we, especially as women, we want to fix, right? It's like when you say something and you want to be responsible for what you said, especially when that person is irritated or upset. And it's like, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, right? Like how many times have you been like, oh, no, I didn't mean it like that. It's like, well, maybe you did. Maybe you just don't like how they're responding. Yeah. And can we stop apologizing? Yeah, can we stop apologizing, Dan? That's like, I feel like that should be like a whole season of the podcast, like how to stop apologizing. I feel like step one is just stop apologizing and notice how uncomfortable it is. What we are doing when we're saying I'm sorry is I'm sorry for putting myself first. I'm sorry that I didn't put you first. And when we live in this cycle of needing other people to put us first, we are constantly going to be disappointed because it is nobody's job to put other people first. It is our job to put ourselves first always. And I know I can like hear this message of like, no, it's a parent's job to put the child first. And I think for a very long time, I lived by that narrative and it's simply not true because if I don't put myself first, if I don't nourish myself, if I don't take care of myself, then the version of me that my children get sucks and they deserve more. And I deserve more. And so again, it's looking at it's not selfish to put yourself first. It's actually the way that the ripple effect and the vibration of you grows and heals and moves and loves. Totally. Yeah. As you're speaking, so much just came up. But I want to talk about dogma, dogmas for a minute. I've been diving into what dogma means for a little while now, and it just came up in this experience that I had last week full force, and I just felt like it was a a really clear, strong message from my guides and from the truth in me to go deeper into it and what it really means for me. And it ties in, at least what I'm feeling is that it ties in with what you just said as a mother and around self-care and as a woman. And my understanding of a dogma is any organization, person that 
says, I'm right and you're wrong. We're seeing that with COVID. We're seeing that in religion. We're seeing that with yoga teachers. What comes up for me is a clip from Brene Brown's vulnerability TED Talk. And she says how when we feel out of control, we make uncertain things certain. She gives the example of religion. What she says is, I'm right, you're wrong, shut up. And she says that's what politics looks like today, (laughs) right? 100% politics. (laughs) So we do this because it gives us this false sense of security, a false sense of safety, a false sense of control, when really all it does is become a barrier to empathy and we put ourselves in a box where there's zero growth where there's zero empathy, where there's zero connection. We disconnect thinking that we're safe and really that causes us more pain. Totally. And the word that keeps coming in is compassion. I just had this experience. I won't name any names. I was with someone I really love dearly. (laughs) Was it me? I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, it it really wasn't you. Um, But I love them so much. And we were driving and we were witnessing... Um, so much litter. They got so angry and I could feel it. I could hear it. I could see it. And there was this sense of they are so wrong and I am so right because I don't do that. And one part of me was like, yeah, this is bad. Like, I can't believe like they would litter this much. I mean, it was, it was alarming how much litter it, it was heartbreaking. But then on this other side of me, it was, and I said it to them was compassion, hold compassion. And, you know, they just kept going on and on. And, and I just kept saying, compassion, compassion, just hold compassion, hold compassion in your heart. And that to me felt really, it felt like a big moment for the both of us together because it was that, just that word compassion was like, oh yeah, I have no compassion in this moment because we don't know what someone is going through. We don't know why that happened. It could have been an accident. It could have been a mistake or it could have been very intentional yet that person didn't have the resources to throw it away. Like we don't know. We don't know what we don't know. And I feel like compassion is always the answer. If there was an always answer for something, it's compassion. And you're speaking about empathy, right? When we try to control, we have these kind of separate things. I'm over here, you're over there, and I'm right and you're wrong. And it does create that disconnect. And I feel like we are moving into a world and a vibration where there's more empathy and more compassion. And it doesn't mean that it's easy. I don't think it's easy at all, actually. No, it's, there's the example that comes to mind is when someone cuts you off in traffic and they're speeding really fast, I can either flip out road rage, start (laughs) screaming, call them names, or I am never going to find out why they cut me off or why they're speeding. So I can also say to myself, maybe they're driving to the hospital because their partner's in labor and they have to get there. In which case I would be like, go, go, go. And just like cheer them on. So which of those two scenarios feels better in my body? We get to choose. That is where choice comes in. And we can either have fear and anger or compassion and love. And the compassion and love by far is the harder of the two. 
that's also our freedom. Yeah, because when we shift from that anger and we transform that anger into love, that means we have to let go. And if we let go and we get out of the way, that means we have to surrender. And for a lot of us, we've been controlled. And what we've learned is that we can we are safe when we are in control. And control is the opposite of letting go. So it means we've got to unravel all that we thought we knew and for the sake of the freedom of love and compassion on the other side. Watching people transform anger, grief, sadness, control, all of these, our society likes to put these in a shadow side. And sometimes it's like, let's get rid of it or let's throw it away. When in reality, I heard this recently, and it doesn't really go away. If we try to just shun it or shame it away, we hold it like baggage in our auras and our hearts and our bodies and our minds. It's in the process of transforming it into love where we actually have the freedom. But we live in a culture where it's like, yeah, it's like throw it away. Like, just get rid of it. Why are you so angry? Just get rid of it. It's like, that's no, like we can't just throw it away like that doll you don't use anymore. So often that's us continuing the trauma cycle. We grew up and were never validated. We grew up and we were dismissed. We were belittled. So when these things arise in our body, are we going to do what we learned or are we going to be better? Mm. What does better mean? I always think of Maya Angelou when she says, when we know better, we do better. So when we are able to have the awareness, the recognition of the cycle, we can see I'm doing this again. This is what my parent did to me. This is what that teacher did to me. When we have that awareness, then we're able to do more. Then we're able to say, I am not going to violate myself. I'm going to love myself. I'm going to nourish myself. I'm going to hold myself in compassion. I'm going to be gentle. I'm going to know that I'm human and that I'm going to make mistakes, but I am not a mistake. All of that, I hope, is what people feel inspired to take action with by listening to this whole podcast. So I feel like that's such a beautiful way to wrap up our time. But really, like, let's love ourselves more and more and more so that we can actually hold compassion for others, especially during these very challenging times. And I guess it's not as challenging for some as it is for others. And that's another opportunity to hold compassion. Thank you for tuning in, for listening to another episode of Own Your Intuition. I'm so honored that you're here and I absolutely love, love, love to share with you in this way. And if you've been enjoying the podcast, perhaps you would also enjoy the free content that I share on Instagram pretty much daily. And you can find me there at Kelly Rich Intuitive. I would love to hear how the podcast is landing with you, how you're processing it, what you're thinking and what you're feeling. And it would mean so much to have your support with writing a podcast review through Apple Podcasts app. 
and writing a five-star review and sharing, you know, your experience helps me to design and plan upcoming episodes. And you're also welcome to DM me on Instagram and share anything that you'd like that's coming up around the podcast. I love hearing what you have to say and, and what you're feeling. And of course, if you're feeling called to work together, please know that you can head to my website, kellyrichintuitive.com, where you can book your private session, your new moon ceremony, or join us for the October 2020 online retreat that's happening so soon. All right. I'll catch you next week for a new episode of Own Your Intuition Conversations with Kelly Rich.